What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. You're listening to one of our bonus episodes that we are releasing today. And on today's bonus episode, we have Maddie Alia and Taylor Wenskowski. Both were legends at their alma mater schools. Um, Maddie Alia went to Boston University and helped them win two straight hockey's championships and Taylor Wenskowski was one of the captains of UNH last year and helped them lead to their first semifinal appearance in Hockey East in quite some time. Two great interviews with them. I'm excited for you guys to hear them but before we get to those interviews I'd like to ask if you can please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at College Hockey Talk. Also follow our Spotify page, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review. Doing these things uh, helps our podcast grow, helps new people find us and I would truly appreciate it if if you did those things and if you're a returning listener thank you so much for coming back i really appreciate that as well without further ado here are the interviews with maddie alia and taylor wenskowski enjoy everyone we are joined here today by former boston university terrier women's hockey player maddie alia thank you so much for coming on the podcast maddie and how's it going good yeah thanks for having me i'm, I'm excited to be on i don't think i've ever been on a podcast before well, I'm glad this is the first one you're on, and thank you so much for joining us. And how's your quarantine, and what have you been doing these past few months to stay busy and pass the time, I guess? Um, so I just got a job about a month ago at an agency in Buffalo. Um, I'm from Buffalo, so I moved back to Buffalo after, um, after college. But um, So that's been pretty exciting, and I was kind of getting my feet wet with the company there and, and getting started. Um, we actually just got moved back home, so I'm working remote. Um, I started yesterday working remote, so kind of get adjusted to that. Um, but yeah, nothing else really. Oh, I'm also helping coach a 13U boys team uh, for the Buffalo Junior Sabres. So every once in a while, I try to make a couple practices um, to help out here and there. But um, obviously, with my job starting, it's a little bit tricky now. But I really like it, coaching um, these boys. They're they're really good hockey players. So um, that's been fun. Well, that's good to hear. And What's been the biggest challenge you've had to face during quarantine and how have you tried to overcome it? Um, I think finding a job was pretty tough for me. Um, I kind of made the decision last year that I was done playing hockey. So um, the beginning part of last year and then obviously when the pandemic hit, it was it got harder to get a job. So just kind of making my way through the quarantine and not really giving up and trying to find someone, uh, a company that would give me a chance and um, give me the opportunity to start my um, career. So that's been awesome. Well, that's good to hear. But I want to start off now talking about the beginning of your hockey career. Uh, you're from Lewiston, New York. Uh, talk about what it was like growing up there and how did you start playing hockey? Um, so I have a lot of boy cousins that are older than me and they all played hockey. So they kind of influenced me when I was younger to get into hockey. Um, so I actually played boys up until high school. So I played checking for, I think, two to three years, which that's my excuse for having so many penalties because <laughs> I played boys. So, um, yeah, I, it was, it was awesome. I played for the junior purple Eagles. They were a double a team boys team. And then I moved over and played for my high school team, which is, I went to Nichols. It's a private school in Buffalo. And then I also played on a travel girls team. Um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of different kind of avenues. I know that's kind of rare to hear girls play boys hockey for that long, but um, I think it kind of made me the player that I am, gave me that edge and chip on my shoulder that I think um, people know me by as now, but um, yeah. Now I want to talk a little bit more about that. What was it like uh, playing boys hockey, being one of the few girls on that team, and just talk about how you adapted to the physicality, and what was the difference you noticed between girls and boys hockey playing in it as a player? So, um, believe it or not, when I was playing for the boys, I was the biggest, like, player out there. Like, I feel like girls hit puberty quicker than boys, so I was the tallest one. So, I feel like I kind of intimidated some of the boys a little bit, and I'm not really – I've never been one to be afraid of, like, I don't know, chirping or throwing the body around. So, I think um, as the boys got older and kind of more mature, then I have started to get a little more nervous. I, I tell the story to everyone, but I remember we played a Canadian team and um, I went to hit a kid and he like stood me up open ice. And I went flying and he stood over me and said, nice try princess or something like that. And I will always remember just kind of, you know, they say that they target you just because you're a girl and you're the only girl, but um, I don't know. It's all in good fun. So 
um, yeah, so the biggest jump, I think, from boys to girls was just, like, um, you had way more time playing girls hockey, you know, you're not constantly worried about um, getting hit, you you can kind of have more creativity and, and do things that you wouldn't maybe be able to do with boys hockey, just because you'll get your head chopped off if you try to do a dangle through the middle, but um, obviously, as you progress and, and play at a higher level for girls, that kind of gets eliminated. But that was initially the first thing that I found before, in high school. Now, before Boston University, you just said you played for Nichols School. Uh, talk about your experience there and how did what did it mean to you personally getting to play for that prep school? Yeah, um, it was awesome just because of all the friends, you know, I made and, and that continued to play college hockey the same time I did. So it'd be cool. You know, we'd play Providence in college and I went to a a high school with a girl that um, played on Providence and like all over, you know, Colgate had a couple girls that went to Nichols. So just kind of forming those relationships and and having the opportunity to play against some of the best prep schools in the country, I feel like really prepped me for college and and gave me the exposure that I needed to to go to BU. Now, how did you get the opportunity to play at Nichols? Um, so when I was in fifth grade, um, my parents decided that they wanted to send me there because of the hockey program they had. Um, in fifth grade, instead of like going to gym, they had the opportunity where you could literally play hockey in the middle of the day. So that was pretty cool. So, um, yeah, I went there since fifth grade. So, um, I was just fortunate enough to be able to go there. Now, how did your experience at Nichols help prepare you for college hockey? Um, I just think playing at a high level and playing as many games as I did with an, a competitive academics um, just kind of prepped me for college, you know, kind of gave me a little bit foreshadowing of what was to come. So um, I'm really lucky. I had great coaches. I had great teachers that kind of prepped me to be ready when I went to college. Um, so, yeah. Now, did you have a favorite player growing up, um, and who was it, and what part of the game do you try to emulate to your game a little bit? Uh, okay, so I was never the person to have, like, a favorite player. I feel like I jumped around of who I thought was, like, cool at the time. So um, I was obsessed with Crosby for a little while, and then I jumped over to the Ovechkin um, train, which I feel like those two always, like, butt heads. Like, if you like Crosby, you don't like Ovechkin. If you like Ovechkin, you don't like Crosby, but – my AIM name used to be Gotta Love Crosby. So I guess Crosby was one of my favorite players. Um, I, I don't know. I just liked how dominant he was and how skilled he was. I always wanted to have the backhand that he had, but that was probably the weakest part of my game was my backhand. But, um, yeah, so I think Crosby, I would say now my favorite player is probably McDavid or I really like McKinnon just because, again, how explosive he is and no one really liked those two, the way they skate and um, some of the stuff they do is – I feel like highlight reel every single time. So I kind of like those big explosive, like creative players. Yeah. I'm definitely more of an Ovechkin person, but I can respect Crosby's ability, but I think Ovechkin has been a better goal scorer throughout his career. And that's why I give him the nod over Crosby because Ovechkin has been on probably weaker teams than Crosby has. And also he finally won his cup like two years ago. So it was just good to see. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Ovechkin. They're definitely completely different players, and it, it's sweet how many goals Ovechkin has scored. Um, but, yeah, I feel like Crosby more is, like, embodies like a team player and kind of all around. Um, yeah. But Ovechkin is definitely getting better defensively because there, I remember there were some memes of him, like, not back-checking at all a couple of years ago, which were pretty funny. But Oh, yeah, no, he's definitely gotten better because I went to a Bruins game, and he basically pushed Char, like, over the Capitals bench, and he was just, like, being physical and bringing a cool impact to the game, which – uh, that was cool to see, and if he's if he develops that part of his game even more, I think he definitely, even at 35, will become an even better player. Yeah. Do you think that he's going to get uh, reach Gretzky's record? No, I don't think he's going to reach Gretzky's record because it's so far away, and he's only like 34, 35 now. I think he's a bit too old, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets really close towards the end of his career. And you know what? Every hockey player seemed to be playing a lot longer now than they did back in the day, so I wouldn't shock me if he broke it. I just think he would be barely miss it if I had a guess. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people have like kind of come up with scenarios and how he could possibly break it. But yeah, I feel like it's kind of a long shot. It's like he has to score like 50 goals for the next six seasons in order to come close to it. And I just think that's going to be really hard. Yeah, I agree. 
Now, you were also invited to some USA national hockey camps. Uh, talk about getting to compete against some of the best players in the world and getting the opportunity to represent your country on that type of platform. Yeah, so that was obviously something that like you dream for when you're a young girl. You know, that's kind of the highest level that you can play at. So um, just being able to be invited to those camps and play with the best girls in the world, you know, um, is very. For I was very fortunate and it's very humbling to be um, – even present at those camps. Um, I remember the first time I went was when I was a freshman in college and um, just like the difference between playing at the national level and playing college is just so big. You know, um, like I said, as you grow as a hockey player, the higher level that you play, like the less time you have and when everyone else is at the top of the chain, you know, you kind of get humbled and, and realize that, you know, you have a long way to go to be one of the best players in the world. Now I want to talk to you about your recruitment process. What was that like for you and why did you choose to go to BU? Yeah. So that was a lot of fun just because, you know, you kind of share it with your family and your parents. Um, I visited a couple of different schools, but I feel like my personality, you know, I'm, I kind of like to be doing stuff all the time. So being in a city was something that I, um, wanted to be a part of. So I just remember as soon as I did my first visit at BU, I knew that I wanted to go there. Just the campus was super cool. Um, obviously the program, they just had lost um, a national championship the year before I went. So I wanted to win a national championship and I also wanted to be part of a, of a great school. So um, that's ultimately why I picked BU. Now talk about Coach DeRocher. What was it like to play under him and how did he help you develop as a hockey player throughout your college days? Yeah, he was great. Um, he, he really cares about uh, the girls that he coaches and, and wants them to succeed. And um, I'm not going to lie, when I was a freshman going in there, I was uh, a little bit, uh, I guess, crazy would be the word. Um, you know, I didn't really focus um, too well on, you know, academics or, or stuff like that. And that's one of my biggest regrets. But um, thankfully, Coach Rocher kind of got on me and and help me turn it around and, and I'll ever be, I'll forever be thankful for that. But um, yeah, I mean, he, he kind of, he's so knowledgeable in hockey and has been the coach of many different teams, no men's and women's and, and kind of all over the board. He played college hockey. So um, he has so much information that, that could help um, you, you grow as a player. And I think that he, I really benefited from him coaching me. Now, speaking of adjusting academically to college, what was the biggest adjustment you had to make on the ice in college hockey? Was it the mental side being more, making more quicker decisions with the puck? Or was it the physicality playing against players that were three to four years older than you were? Um, I think for me, it was just kind of, yeah, the maturity of, you know, when you're playing high school hockey, you kind of, um, usually when you're going to the next level, you're uh, kind of above and beyond the players on your team. Um, you know, you're kind of in your own little bubble and you're the king of queen of whatever little team you play for. So um, when you move to the next level, like I said, you get humbled, you know, you're not the best player on the team anymore. You know, you have to kind of evolve into the college hockey game. Um, I know for me, my defensive skills were something that I needed to work on. And that's something uh, Coach DeRocher really pushed. So um, just being defense minded and um, learning the little things like that. Now, in your freshman season, you played against Boston College in the Hockey East Finals. Uh, talk about that game and scoring the game-winning goal against one of the best teams in the country at the time. Yeah, so the, those two years, I think it was my freshman and sophomore year, we won Hockey East Championships both years. Those two years were probably um, – those two games are probably the best two memories of hockey that I've ever had. You know, um, that is something that I'll always remember and the teammates that I had. Um, yeah, it was something It was really special to be a part of that, especially because before I got there, I think they had won two or three hockey championships. So to continuing on and, and make it four in a row or three in a row was, was pretty cool. Now you played Minnesota in the national tournament that year. Uh, what did you take away from your first national tournament experience? And talk about getting to play Minnesota, because if you look at that roster when you played them, they were just loaded, like top to bottom. Just yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like for me as a freshman going in there and uh, playing in like a sold-out arena, that's not something I've obviously never done before. So um, it was a little intimidating. You know, I was nervous. Um, obviously, we would have liked a little better result. But, yeah, just being able to be on that level and, and that platform was, was really cool. And um, being – even though they were our fans, but being able to play against that many fans for women's hockey is, is super cool.
It must have been cool also being the road team in that type of setting because the crowd's against you and you're trying to you're not just playing to beat the team that you're playing against. You're also trying to silence the crowd and basically turn the tables in the stadium. I just think it's pretty cool when you're in that type of scenario. Oh yeah, for sure. I I like when like opposing teams and fans cheer me. I feel like it fires me up more. So I think there was a little bit of that going on. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something that I like too. Now, one thing you just said was in your sophomore year, you won the Hockey East Championship again. You played BC again as well. Uh, what was it like to win that championship a second year in the row? And what was the difference between that BC game your freshman year versus your sophomore year? Um, yeah, like I said, it was really cool to win two in a row. Um, obviously, that's what you strive for playing in Hockey East. You want to be the top dog in Hockey East. So um, I think that second year kind of – the underclassmen were a little bit more prepared and, and knew what to expect in, in their second championship game. So going into there, we were a little bit more confident um, and knew what we had to do to win because we did it the previous year. Yeah. And you then played the, your second national tournament experience. You played Wisconsin, even though your team lost, what did you take away from playing at Laban? And what was the difference between Minnesota and Wisconsin? Because they're big rivals in college hockey. They have very similar fan bases, I feel like, as well. And also, they always get the best recruits in the country every year, it feels like. Talk about the differences between those teams and getting to play them in the national tournament setting. Um, so that was, that was a long time ago, so I'm trying to think. But I can't remember the difference between, like, the fans. But definitely the teams were very similar, I feel like. The, um, the leagues that they play in are, you know, those teams kind of form the same format and they kind of play the same style. So um, playing both those teams, obviously they have some of the best players in the world. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think people go there and play at those teams just because of the fan and the atmosphere that it brings. You know, you can't really find that anywhere else. So um, that was definitely the same kind of thing. You know, it was cool to play against fans. It was cool to play against a team of that caliber. And um, even though we lost, you know, you learn from it and, and you take those – take those things and you bring it on to next year. Now in your junior year, you faced a little adversity in hockey East. You lost in the semifinals. Uh, what was the difference uh, between that? What was it like losing your first um, hockey East game in the playoffs? And what did you take away from that game? And what was your mindset heading into your senior year? Um, yeah, it was disappointing to lose. Um, I think going into senior year, it just kind of gave me motivation to be better and, and be better and all the things I need to improve on, you know, whether it was being a better teammate, being a better student, being a better defensively, you know, whatever, whatever I thought that needed, I need to improve on. So, um, you know, you can take away a lot of things from losing a game and it's not all negative. So um, although we, we would have liked to win, you kind of got to spin it in a way that drives you next year. Now being a senior, what type of leadership did you want to bring and what did you learn from past leaders that helped your leadership skills and were you more of a vocal or lead by example type of player? Um, I think I was more of a lead by example. You know, I kind of went by being loose in the locker room and, and trying to make it fun in a non-stressful atmosphere. Um, I feel like the way I played, you know, I, I tried to work hard every single game and, and kind of leave it all on the ice. I feel like that was kind of how I led. Um, I wasn't much of a vocal leader just because I feel like I'm more of a goofball. So, um, you know, having Pooh as a captain was someone that I, I learned a lot from, you know, um, she kind of mentored me when she, when I was a sophomore and she was there. Um, but yeah, I think just making sure that the underclassmen didn't make the same mistakes I did, you know, whether it was academically or, or kind of being too hard on themselves after a bad game. Um, I just kind of tried to relay that to them in, in the best way possible. Now, in your senior year, you got to host the Hockey's tournament. Uh, what was it like playing in front of your home fans during the semifinals in the Hockey's playoffs? Yeah, it was it was really cool. It was weird because we were playing. We actually um, were on the away bench, which is something that we never done did before, obviously. So we were playing as the away team. Um, but just, yeah, we had a ton of fans in, in the BU band, so it, it was cool to have to host and, and have it there. Obviously, we would have liked to win, but um, that's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime experience as well, you know, hosting and having it at your home rink. That's weird. I don't know why they would do that because it, it makes no difference because you're still in the same stadium. So why do they just put you guys in the normal bench that you guys always sit on? I never understood that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they knew that it would be an advantage if we played. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it was weird. Now you did lose that semifinals game against Northeastern. Uh, what do you think went wrong in that game? And talk about the emotions you were feeling after playing your final college hockey game. Um, 
I mean, I just think Northeastern had a really good team. Um, I can't remember kind of what happened. I know um, I, I think we lost by one goal and they scored like late in the game, I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing like feeling uh, the way you feel after playing your last um, college game. You know, it's it's a lot of emotions, a lot of different emotions. You know, you're happy, you're sad, you're going to miss college hockey. You're never going to be able to relive those four years. So, um, yeah, I was happy because my family was there and um, to have the support from them. But, yeah, it was it was it was sad. Um, I still am sad. You know, I miss it. So um, it's weird. <laughs> now, I want to talk to you a little bit about the bean pot. I know you never won a bean pot, but what was it like playing in that, those games and being a part of that tournament in the season? Because I know it's a big thing in Boston. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, I actually don't even think when I was there, we even made it past the consolation game. But I know every year we thought we were going to win because we thought we had a curse. So um, we thought we were going to break the curse. Um, I remember one year we actually, we played Harvard and we, there was this bean pot that we had in our locker room. And we thought that if we smashed the bean pot, that it would break the curse. So before the game, we all huddled around the parking lot and smashed this bean pot and then we went to Harvard and we lost nine to one. So <laughs> I think we like put a, another curse on us. So that was pretty funny, but yeah, the bean pot is, is pretty cool. And so many people talk about it and watch it and, and want to be a part of it. So to be even able to play in it for the four years that I did was, was something really special and something I can talk about forever. Well, I think BU won it a few years ago. So I guess the curse might be broken since. You yeah. Were... Yeah. Yep. Now, I want to talk about some of the teammates you got to play with. You were just talking about her earlier, and we were talking about Ovechkin versus Crosby and who's the best men's hockey player. But you got you might have played with one of the best women's hockey players of all time. I, every time I, there's a lot of people that come to my mind when I think who's the greatest women's hockey player of all time. And Mary Philip Pallon definitely comes to my mind. She's just so good. All-around great player. What was it like to play with her as a teammate? What was she like as a leader? And how did she help you when it came to your game? And just talk about – what it was like to watch her play because I feel like as one of her teammates, it just might be, it's just fun to watch her like dangle, score some awesome goals, especially in college hockey. Yeah. Yeah. I, I personally think she's the best player in the world. Um, playing with her was, was awesome, especially because I was young, you know, I was a sophomore. Um, th that's the thing about her. You know, she's probably one of the best teammates I've ever had. You know, she could dominate a game, but she didn't want to like, she would rather, make sure that everyone was a part of the game and it's hard to explain, but if she wanted to take it end to end and score, she could, but that wasn't the way she played. You know, she wanted to be a team player. So um, like we always would talk about it, like, come on, we want to win, just take it end to end and score. Like we don't need to pass it to us. Like we don't care. But um, yeah, just having her, she was so mature. Um, she won a gold medal when she was 18 years old and scored both goals. So, um, you know, and then she did it again what, four years later. So um, she continues to be dominant and, and has since she was a young age. So, um, you know, you're kind of in a little bit of awe the first time you meet her. Um, and just some of the stuff that she does, you you don't even – you can't even fathom how she does it. Or, um, you know, she'll be back checking – or she'll be on a breakaway and then be the first one back somehow back checking and, and steal the puck. So, um, yeah, she's amazing. Now, you also got to play with Rebecca Leslie, who's one of the most underrated BU women's hockey players. We had her on the podcast, and she's one of the nicest people I've ever met. Uh, what was it like to play with her and talk about her as a teammate? And I know she was the captain the year after you graduated. Uh, just talk about her leadership that she brought on the team as well. Yeah, so Becca's actually probably one of my best friends. Um, I talk to her every day. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she's she's great. She's definitely very underrated. Um, she – is a very good hockey player. You know, I was fortunate to be on our line for three years and um, Russo was on our line for the other two, but yeah, um, she, she was a great leader. You know, a lot of, a lot of people looked up there just, just because of what you said, you know, she's so nice and kind and wants to help people and um, the way she plays. Um, she's got a great shot. You know, she can dangle when she wants. Um, she she's a sick pastor. I think she had like broke the record in the sister or something one year. Um, I, I don't actually know what, I could be wrong on that, but yeah, she's, she's great. Um, I, I was very fortunate to, to be on her line and to have her as um, one of my best friends. Um, so 
yeah, don't tell her I said this stuff though, because she can't know that I'm pumping her tires. <laughs> um, we'll make sure not to, I guess, but what has been your, when you look back at your time at Boston University, what do you remember most and what do you take away from your just whole college hockey experience? I think just the friends I made and just the experience, um, kind of the games and stuff kind of get blurred out and, and that stuff you don't really remember. Um, the games as much as you remember just like the times you had with your friends and the things that you got to do and, and, and how fortunate you were to be an athlete at, at a prestigious school. So, um, yeah, that's just something that I think about a lot. You know, you make friends that you have for a lifetime and then you have, you do experiences. You know, we went to Val one year. We, you do stuff that you wouldn't normally be able to do and, and you're so fortunate. And um, just being able to play in a bunch of different ranks and uh, yeah, it's, it's just really cool. Uh, we're now in the non-hockey segment of the podcast where I ask you some non-hockey questions. And my first one is, what was your, what is your favorite thing about the city of Boston? Favorite thing about the city of Boston? Um, well, that's a good question. I'm not really sure. I think I, I really like the North End. Um, I'm Italian, so I like the Italian food. I like the cannolis, Mike's pastries. Um, yeah, I'm, I like food, so <laughs> I guess the food. <laughs> Now, if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? And what would you eat since you're a big food person? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Um, I'm obsessed with Vince Vaughn, so probably him. Um, he's super funny. He's probably my celebrity crush, too. Um, what would I eat? I like steak, um, so probably a steak. Me, Vince Vaughn, and a steak. I don't know. <laughs> I know I'm a big Owen Wilson guy and he's always in Vince Vaughn movies. So oh yeah, for he, sure. You, Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. That would be a good lunch if I had to say. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, that'd be great. Now, speaking of things that annoy you, what is your biggest pet peeve? Biggest pet peeve. Oh, um, these are hard questions. I don't like when people chew with their mouth open. Yeah, I feel like I that's probably my biggest pet peeve. Like, I feel like you should just, you should know if you're chewing with your mouth open and it's gross and no one wants to see that. So you should probably try your was mouth. There people, <laughs> was there any people at the BU dining halls that always chewed with their mouth open or did you notice it at all? Not that I can remember, no. Um, no, but you, you notice it when someone does it. I feel like it's pretty obvious. So whether it's a stranger or a friend or a family member, you know you know the people that you with their mouth open <laughs> now what music do you like to listen to i'm kind of all over the board um i really like Tygo. i like drake um calvin harris I'm trying to think i like some country just kind of depends on the mood i'll listen to anything really besides i don't like rock i don't like like uh my boyfriend listens to slipknot which is like oh yeah like, heavy like metal. a little bit scary yeah it's yeah. a little scary so i don't like that stuff and he tries to get me to listen to like metallica and i guess there's a couple songs that are like okay but yeah i don't really like rock all right we'll make sure to know that when we pick your outro song now okay. <laughs> back to some hockey questions uh what do you think should be done to help grow women's hockey i just think to continue to put it on a platform and and use um the resources that we have you know i think it's great when they incorporate kind of the women national players in the all-star game and using the men's, um, the NHL to kind of grow women's hockey. You know, we should partner up like we've been doing and continue to do that. I think we need to stick together. I know there's kind of a divide right now between um, people that are playing in the PWHPA and then the NWHL. I think um, at some point there needs to be some sort of, uh, we need to come together and, and not be separate. Um, yeah, I think, it's important that we continue to do what we can. And um, obviously it's made big strides, but we need to continue to move forward. Now, speaking of the NWHL, you got to play in that league for a little bit after you graduated. Um, talk about what it was like to play there and um, what was it like being a female pro athlete in that setting? Yeah, it was awesome just because being from Buffalo, um, we had an awesome fan base and, um, just the Buffalo fans. I, I know I'm biased because I'm a Buffalo fan, but just being able to kind of have Buffalo fans cheer for you is something that's super cool. You know, you constantly are going to build Sabres games, Bandits games, and kind of being a fan, but having the fans come watch me play and having my family come to every game was really cool. 
um, yeah, I mean, both years were, were really good experiences for me. You know, I got to play with a bunch of my friends, play against a bunch of my friends. So um, it was a really cool experience. Now, what advice would you give younger players trying to pursue Division One college hockey? Um, I think just kind of stay calm. You know, you know what you got to do. You got to control what you can control. You know, I think the biggest problem um, that young players have is, you know, kind of having parental influence on them. You know, they kind of try to get in their own head. And, and um, I think parents, um, they want what's best for their kids. But at some point, I feel like, you just kind of got to do what you got to do. You know, you can't really control everything. So um, they got to be more confident. That's another thing that I realized is um, a lot of young girls aren't really confident in, in the way that they play. So um, be confident, but also that also walks a line of don't be cocky. So, um, yeah. <laughs> now, what should I do better as an interviewer to improve this podcast and make this platform better? Um. I'm not sure. I think, I think you did a good job. I appreciate that. Thank you uh, so much. Now, is there any shout outs you'd like to give to any of your family members, friends, or teammates? Um, I guess shout out to Becca. <laughs> I know she was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. So um, yeah, shout out. Maybe we can come back and be on together or something. Oh yeah, definitely. I'd love to have that. No problem. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. It was nice getting the chance to meet you. Yeah, thank you so much. You too. No problem. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's episode, we have former UNH uh, player, Taylor Wenskowski. Taylor, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and how's it going? Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's going well. That's good to hear. My first question to you is, how's your quarantine going, and what, what have you been up to uh, preparing for the NWHL season? And just trying to stay busy these past few months. Yeah, uh, I mean, quarantine's been, it's been okay. I know it hasn't been ideal for everyone. Um, but fortunately, I've been able to work and I've been training at Boyles. Uh, last couple months, I just moved down to Boston, um, beginning of September. Uh, we've been able to practice probably the last month and a half or so. Um, our team's been skating and uh, getting together and working out. So just trying to prepare for the upcoming season. Um, yeah, other than that, just trying to enjoy some downtime and, you know. Yeah, and uh, what's been the biggest challenge you have faced during this uh, entire pandemic, whether it's off the ice or on the ice as well? Um, it's a hard question. Um, fortunately, like we've been able to practice and train and everything, um, but maybe just like the dynamic of everything. Um, like our team, we haven't been able to do a lot outside of the rink. So I think that's one thing that's been different for me, uh, especially coming into a new team. But I mean, we've, I think we've done the best we can in the situation we have, but it's definitely different trying to um, like do some team bonding and everything, especially with all the rules and everything. So. That's the one thing that's that's been definitely different, but yeah, and on a more positive note, I want to start talking about the beginning of your hockey career. You grew up in New Hampshire. What was it like to grow up there, and how did you start playing hockey and falling in love with the sport? Yeah, so I started playing hockey when I was five. Um, my dad, he was just playing like beer league hockey and. One day I was like, hey, mom, like, I want to play hockey like dad does. Um, she was honestly kind of a little nervous um, for me to start. Like, she was a runner and played basketball growing up. So it was definitely an adjustment for her. But, uh, yeah, I started playing in my hometown, Rochester, for a couple of years and then started playing a little, uh, a little bit around New Hampshire with the boys up until um, the beginning of my sophomore year of high school. And I switched to girls in Boston. Um, but I live about 20, 25 minutes from UNH. So when I was nine for my birthday, I got season tickets for the UNH games. Um, and I just fell in love with the team from, from then. Um, my parents always talk about like this time we were at a game. I was probably 10 at the time. Um, my parents are saying how I looked at them and said, one day, like, I'm going to play here. And 
you know, when you're a kid, your parents support, like they'll always support your wildest dreams and believe in you. And it was kind of cool uh, when I was able to commit to UNH and play there. It's definitely special being able to put the UNH jersey on um, outside of just being a fan and actually being a player on the team. It was something that was really special and that was awesome for me. Now, who was your favorite player growing up? Was it Casey Bellemi? I know she was a big UNH star back in the day. Yeah, so Casey, she was one of them. It was her and Sam Faber, for sure. Um, I'm still close to both of them, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, Casey and I went to camp together last summer, and that was really cool being able to play against someone that like, I grew up idolizing her and the fact that I could be on the same ice with her playing against her is pretty cool and definitely fun. And my sister uh, was number 28 for the longest time growing up playing hockey because of Sam. So it was, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, and uh, before UNH, uh, you played for the Boston Shamrocks. Uh, how'd you get the opportunity to play there? Um, it was actually with Sam Faber. Uh, I was in eighth grade playing boys hockey and we ran into Sam at one of the rinks and she's like, you should come down for a practice. So I went down and I played in a tournament actually with their U19 team when I was like in eighth grade. Um, and then we had considered me going my freshman year of high school, um, but I decided to stick it out and play with the boys for one more year until I was ready to make the switch to girls. So I thought staying with the boys for another year would push me a lot more and just help me get ready to get at a level where I'll be playing against girls to compete for spots for college as well. Um, so yeah, I kind of came full circle back with uh, Sam. So it was, it was pretty cool to see that happen too. Yeah, and uh, what did you take away from your entire experience with the Shamrocks? Um, for Shamrocks, we, it was kind of like a unique situation regarding like our school and everything. We traveled usually Thursdays or Fridays, so we would miss a lot of school. So we, a lot of us did online school. So I learned a lot about time management and how to balance hockey and school during that time too. And um, it was just also a really cool experience where we played at different colleges. So just kind of learning about the dynamics and the history of all the other colleges. Like we would go out to Minnesota, um, Quinnipiac, North Dakota, and it's kind of all over. So it was definitely a cool experience for that. And yeah, like playing against, with and against some of like the top girls that are age and that came on, or went on to be really successful in college as well. Yeah, and I want to talk to you about your recruiting process. Um, how did you get the opportunity to go to UNH and why did you choose that school at the end of the day? Um, yeah, so... I actually, my sophomore year of high school, um, I started talking to UNH a little bit. Um, and I actually only toured one other school before I committed to them because my mind, I was just so set on UNH ever since I was a little kid. Um, yeah, so I had been meeting with Coach McCloskey at the time while he was there and uh, it was Jamie Wood and Steph Jones. Um, so Coach Jones was only one of the three that stayed um, for when I was in college. But yeah, I talked to them. We just kind of talked about where I was at, um, what I wanted to study, like the future, everything like that. Uh, I think they all kind of knew I wanted to be at UNH ever since I was a kid. I would go to like all the UNH camps. And so we were pretty, they were pretty familiar with where I was at and where I wanted to end up. Um, so when they offered me a spot, it was just kind of a no-brainer to take it for me. Um, yeah. yeah, and uh, what was the biggest adjustment you had to make to UNH and to college hockey? Because I know UNH's rink is a lot bigger than most um, ice surfaces in the NCAA. Yeah, I think the big ice was definitely an adjustment as well, just going from playing at like a normal 200-foot rink until uh, – to the big ice surface we called it the pond <laughs> um but yeah i think the size of the ice like i think it was beneficial for us as well um when we had like the best systems for the ice um you know it was more of like speed game for us there and you know some teams came in did great at unh and other teams 
would struggle. So we just kind of use that to our advantage. Um, I didn't notice a huge difference though when we would go to normal sized rinks though. Um, it was maybe just the offensive zone just felt a little tighter, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't find it a huge problem, uh, but it was definitely an adjustment and probably the speed of the game too. So I remember like my freshman year playing against Kendall Coyne, Alex Carpenter, all of them. So that was definitely a, an adjustment, but definitely pushed us to be better too. What was your freshman quarterfinal series like against UConn? But from my freshman year at UConn, we, uh, we played two games against UConn. We lost the first one. And then the second game, we were up, I think, three to one. And UConn ended up coming back and tying it. And uh, we went into triple overtime that game. So that, was, that game was a grind, but it was also a really cool um, experience as well. But I think just being a freshman and seeing how hard like the seniors had worked and that was their last game, I think that kind of put things into perspective that you can't take anything for granted. And, you know, you got to play for everyone beside you as well. Um, especially for the seniors too. So moving forward, it was kind of always in the back of my mind, like we don't want this to be the seniors' last game, you know? Yeah, what's it like to play a triple overtime game and how do you mentally stay focused when you're physically tired like that? Um, that was a good, that's a good question. I actually got hurt my second shift of the game. So I was, I was in a lot of pain. So I honestly didn't have time to think about it. I would just uh, between the periods, I, on, I was just icing my shoulder, just trying to catch my breath and not get too worked up. Um, so I think that was a good distraction for me. So, I mean, I think just like, like I said before, in the back of your mind, just not wanting it to be the end for the seniors. So I think that's something that kept us going. And yeah, it was it was a really long game, but. And like you just mentioned, you were redshirted uh, one of your years at UNH. Uh, I know you're hurt. Uh, what was it like being not playing for a year? And what did you take away from that experience? It was definitely tough um, watching my team out there. Uh, it was it was hard knowing I couldn't be out there with them, trying to help them win games and everything too. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it just you can't take anything for granted and. Fortunately, I was able to have my fifth year and I was able to recognize that like, the freshmen that we had, our class, our freshman class last year was really talented. So it was kind of like a blessing in disguise because I got that extra year, um, got to play with the freshmen. Like last year was the first time in 10 years UNH had made it to the semi. So being a part of something bigger than just that itself, like rebuilding, a, helping rebuild a program. Um, you know, like kind of like a history trademark for us, like first time in 10 years. So that was something that was really special for myself personally, especially watching UNH as a kid go to the Frozen Four and winning Hockey East. So just trying to get the university and the program back to where it was. Um, that was the biggest thing for me. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about rebuilding the program. Obviously, UNH is a very successful women's hockey program, but recently in the past 10 years, um, they haven't been as successful as they were. Um, right. So how did you, what, what was the big, what was the biggest adjustment or biggest step, I should say, trying to improve the program? And um, how, how many years do you think uh, they can make it to the Frozen Four or win the Hockey East or just be competitive in general? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing coming in was just the culture change. Uh, between my freshman and sophomore year, the like the culture completely changed. We were more of a, a unit, I'd say. Um, but I think, yeah, I think UNH has a lot of good talent coming back this year. And I know like the freshman class is supposed to be really good too. So I, I want to say in the next couple of years, I think they can be up there and competing to win hockey's championship. Um, you know, I thought, Last season we could have, but unfortunately, you know, bounces don't always go your way. Um, but yeah, I think UNH has a talent and the recruiting classes come in to get up there and be back to where they were before. Yeah, talk, speaking of last year, you were named captain of the team. Uh, how did it feel to receive that honor and what type of leadership did you want to bring to UNH and what did you learn from past leaders to help uh, build your leadership skills? Yeah, it meant a lot to me. Um, 
especially like being around the program for so long and seeing all the people that were captains before me and um uh yeah i'd say um i was more of a hard-working leader whether it's on the ice or in the gym um might not be the most vocal leader uh but yeah the like my freshman year um one of our captains sarah carlson she just like completely blew me away um just kind of taking her like kind-heartedness um that was something that really stood out to me and I wanted to be able to bring that to my team as well and my soft my freshman year sorry um I was roommates with Marie Jo Peltier she was a three-year captain at UNH uh so just watching her be a captain see how like her actions and everything that she had gone through and what she could bring to the table every single day like she worked her butt off every single day and just something like that I think went a really long way and really stuck with me as well. Yeah, and uh, you won your first quarterfinal series this past year against Providence. Uh, talk about winning your first playoff series, what it meant to you, and uh, just what you remember from that series in general. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, the first game, I think we won 4-1, to one, and we were so pumped. We played on a Thursday, and uh, game two is on Friday. And I think if we played a game three, it would have been Sunday, so we would have had to go home Friday night. And uh, going to that game, we're like, all right, we're not coming back to Providence. Like, we don't want to come back here. We want to go home, have the weekend, watch the other games. Um, and then that next game on Friday, was it was a battle. It was 0-0 zero, zero for probably the first, like, 50, 55 minutes. I think we scored pretty late. Toria was able to bury one. She was one of the other captains, Tori Howard and Carly Turner. Um, so Tori was able to bury one. We were just going crazy on the bench. Like we were so pumped. Um, yeah, our goalie played awesome too. I think uh, she saved our butt. I think we got outplayed that game for sure, but it was awesome. Uh, we were really happy and exciting, excited. Um, yeah, it was something really special I will never forget. And how did it feel for you since all your years at UNH, you've never made it to the hockey semifinals? Uh, how did it feel to make it that far? And uh, when you reflect on that series, uh, what challenges did Providence bring? Yeah, it was it was awesome. Like, I have goosebumps right now thinking about it, actually. Um, but, yeah, Providence, they, they're really gritty. Um, they, they definitely challenged us, especially in the second game. I think they outshot us by quite a bit, so – we were on our toes from the start of the game and we knew they were going to come out hard as well, just because, you know, same thing. We've been in that position before we lost the first game. We don't want to lose a second. We don't want our season to end. And, you know, the seniors, you don't want their career to end, whether they go on to play after or not. But yeah, so that challenge definitely was, they came out super hard and we, we expected it, but I don't think we were ready until the second period, but fortunately, um, our goalie bailed us out quite a bit. Now you lost to UConn in the semifinals and you played your final collegiate game. Uh, what did you take away from that game and what emotions were you feeling after you realized you played your final college hockey game? Yeah, um, it was pretty tough like uh, going into the game. I tried not to think about what was what the outcome was going to be at the end of the day. Just go out there and do our best and have fun, play for each other, uh, especially for the senior class. Um, right before senior game, we all kind of had, we had a meeting and we all kind of came together and we're like, all right, like play for everyone on the team, but especially the seniors too, like the final stretch last like four or five games, this, this is it for us for college. Um, so I think that was definitely beneficial for us and helpful. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a lot of emotions, especially after the first period. I think we were down two nothing. Um, UConn got I think it was like two goals on four shots right away, and I was like, okay, that kind of put us on our heels a little bit um, because I actually every game we played UConn last year, there's a shutout. So we had, we were two and one in the regular season, and it was like four nothing, two nothing, three nothing, something like that, and. Uh, yeah, so we knew that it could go either way um, going into that game. But, yeah, it uh, 
it was definitely pretty emotional. Um, I don't know. It was kind of surprising to me after the game. I didn't cry. It, it hadn't hit me yet, I don't think. Um, but I did go to my parents in the lobby and say that I wasn't upset then. I was like happy because I felt like since I'd gotten to UNH, it was a better place. Regardless of the hockey program, I think the culture and the people, it was just so much better that I was happy with what I was able to bring to the team the last five years. Yeah, and um, you play at the Whittemore Center uh, for your home arena, but what was your favorite road arena to play in in your college hockey career? Um, that's a good question. I loved playing at UConn. I don't know what it was about it. I just love their ice. Um, yeah, UConn was awesome. I wasn't a fan of BC with their loud horn, and it would go, it would go dark. Um, but it was always fun playing at BC too, though. Especially like the last couple of years when uh, I feel like our team was able to hang in there with BC as well. So it was always fun beating them there. Um, yeah, I'd, pr I'd probably say UConn was my favorite. Something about go. their ice, I don't know. Yeah, um, I've been to that rink before. It's pretty nice. Um, now, you've played against many good college hockey players in your career as well. Who's the best uh, player you've ever played against, or who's the hardest to defend since you're a defenseman? Um, hardest player to Probably Kendall Coyne. She uh she broke our coach's record too at UNH. Our coach Witt had the record at Northeastern. Just how quick she is. Although I only played against her a year, um, it was crazy. She's so fast. But uh, I'm pretty sure she got a hat trick the day she broke Coach Witt's record. So that was pretty cool for her. Um, but yeah, probably Coyne. There's so much talent like throughout hockey's from my first year to even last year the talent's pretty awesome to watch like we had like Megan Keller Flanagan um you know all the BC girls that have come out there throughout the last four or five years too but Alina Mueller's another one that I'd say she's so good yeah yeah no I agree all those players are just not just for as a fan just fun to watch but I'm assuming as a playing against them it's probably fun to play against them but also um, difficult as well and probably yeah exactly. watch that sometimes yeah now, you yeah. now play for the Boston Pride uh, talk about getting the opportunity to extend your playing career professionally and getting the opportunity to play with some of your college teammates as well because I know uh, Carly Turner and Mekara McManus are both um, Boston Pride members as well yeah, it was really exciting uh, to have the opportunity to continue my career, um, especially to be able to play in Boston. That's somewhere I've always wanted to end up after college as well. Um, like playing here in high school is, was awesome. I love Boston. And, uh, yeah, being able to come back here and play, play some more hockey, you can't beat it. Um, yeah, Carly and McGarrett both signed with me um, after a season at UNH and uh, Jenna Rowe, another girl that, I went into UNH with Jenna and uh, because of my fifth year, she graduated the year before. So it's pretty cool um, having the opportunity to continue to play with them and uh, like live the dream together kind of. Um, and there's another couple girls throughout the league as well that played at UNH. So that's something that's going to be really special to play against them as well uh, when the time comes that we can play. Yeah, I know Tori Howard signed with the Canadian yeah. Whale, so there's just UNH all over the NWHL. Yeah. Now, um, we're now in the non-hockey segment of the podcast where I ask you some non-hockey questions. My first one is, what is your favorite family tradition you have? Ooh, favorite, favorite family tradition. That's a tough one. Hopefully you can edit out these gaps because I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Basic, can I go like cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning? Yeah, after, yeah, cinnamon rolls after uh, Christmas morning, opening gifts, and can't go wrong with that. And we all know you're a fantastic hockey player, but what are some things that you wish more people knew about you besides hockey? Um, besides hockey, um. I'm a big reader. I like to read John Gordon books are my favorite. Um, yeah, 
I'm really into sports psychology. I fin just finished my master's at UNH in uh, the spring, and I did uh, I studied kinesiology for that, but I did more of a sports psychology route. So that's something that I'm really interested in, uh, trying to help other athletes. And I plan on getting into that once I'm done with hockey. Um, it's kind of tough to now. So I've been thinking about going for my doctorate, but there might be a way I could do more of like mental skills um, without it. So I've been talking to a lady from Boston Children's who's who didn't have to go for a doctorate and uh, she just got her master's degree and pretty much created her own job there within sports and did mental skills training. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what's the difference between like a sports psychologist and like a regular psychologist? And um, what, what advice, what do you try to help athletes with um, when it comes to just um, off the ice mental skills as well? Yeah, so difference between sports psych and normal psychologist is, uh, it's kind of more just related to sport in general. Um, where like normal psychologists, they could work with someone that struggles like eating disorders or like anxiety, depression, where a sports psychologist is more based on um, like confidence, uh, consistency, stuff like that. Um, and what was your second question? Sorry. So what do you try to help athletes with? Because I know sometimes like, is there a, I know some athletes might not be as confident as they should be, or is there like, I know some baseball players have like the quote unquote, the yips where they have trouble like uh, finding pitches. Is it stuff helping out uh, things like that with them? Yeah, that's something I'd definitely be interested with that. And um, a lot of, a lot that found, or I found interesting was like self-talk and self-efficacy and how far that goes just, shifting your mindset if you say something negative try to say like four or five things that are positive and keep telling yourself that and it makes it makes a huge difference like all the research and everything shows it um if i had more time within my degree um i wanted to do a project within hockey east all the schools and go to each school and find out how many athletes have done um training with sports psychologists or mental skills and compare and contrast their stats with consistency and see the difference. But unfortunately, I'm done with my degree. But I think that's something that would be really cool. Um, whether it's something I do in the future, if I go for my doctorate or someone else does, I think that could really show a lot of athletes how beneficial that type of training is too. Because, you know, you train your body, you work out, you practice hockey, you practice shooting, but like the mental game is so much like so important as well. And I feel like it's kind of underrated for a lot of athletes. And I think that's something that could really take off in the next couple of years as well. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of hockey players that are seeing sports psychologists I, at UNH. Um, how many players, at least on the women's team, uh, went to a sports psychologist and how do you think it helped out your team? Um, I guess in the past few years, because you guys were very successful. Yeah. Um, I honestly only think myself and one other player was seeing our sports psychologist last year. We had done a couple full team sessions, um, but individualized. I'd been working with a sports psychologist since my freshman year. Um, but yeah, I know of a few other girls on the team that had done it as well throughout the years, but I think if, they take it to the next level and try to get like the entire team to work one-on-one. -on -one. I think that could go a really long way as well. Yeah. And my next uh, non-hockey question is what's the number one thing on your bucket list after hockey? Oh, I want to travel as much as possible. I want to see as many places as I can. Is there any particular place you want to go to or see? Um, I definitely want to go to like Sweden, Italy probably those two I if corona's like a little better at the, the end of hockey season I'd like to go to Sweden to visit a few friends over there for a week or two um but yeah I definitely want to go to Italy one day have some Italian food I feel like it'd be really good over there <laughs> yeah I, I figure but I know it's good up in Boston now what's your favorite thing about New England in general since you grew up here and you've played hockey here for most of your life yeah New England i it's just so pretty up here with you got the mountains, the beach, um, 
the fall leaves that, you know, just we got to see a lot of those the last couple weeks. But, uh, yeah, I'd say just how pretty the scenery is around here. And uh, if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Anyone in the world? Gotta say Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Yeah, he's my favorite player, and he's just such a good guy and gives back so much. So definitely him. Now back to some hockey questions now. Uh, what advice would you give uh, players trying to pursue Division One college hockey? Uh, just work hard every day, whether it's – whether you're alone stick handling or working out in your basement or if you're at the gym or practice, just giving it your all and having fun because you put too much pressure on yourself and you're not having fun, then you're not going to get better. That's the one thing I realized is if you put too much pressure on yourself, you're not going to enjoy it as much. And if you don't enjoy it, then what's the point, right? So Yeah, now um... – well, what would you do to help grow the women's hockey game, especially here in New England and being a pro athlete now? Or what should be done, I guess, to grow um, the game? I mean, I feel like just supporting women more, whether it's going to more uh, women's college hockey games or trying to get more involved in uh, the community, whether it's myself, I'm a, like I started coaching a couple girls teams and so helping out. Um, so I think just trying to inspire the next generation too. And the more girls you can get with the younger generation, I feel like the more it's going to grow as well. From So from the bottom to all the way to the top, I think. Now, what should I do as an interviewer to become better and make this podcast uh, more successful, I guess? Add some dad jokes in. <laughs> Crack a couple jokes. Not that funny though. So that's the tough <laughs> thing about that. You could always, you could have like a, ask everyone like a joke or something. What's a joke that you know that would be funny? Gosh. Um, I don't know. I, I like to think of the, the one where you're at a restaurant and the waiters like gives you the bill and it's like, can I get you anything else? And they go, yeah, you can get someone else to pay the bill. I think that one's pretty funny. All right. I'll try <laughs> to use that more often. You know, <laughs> Is there, now, is there any shout-outs you'd like to give to any one of your friends, family members, or teammates? Uh, uh, yeah, it's probably to my parents um, for their support. And I know it's probably hard having me move back away to Boston. And they had me so close for five years. So just supporting me and, you know, letting me live out my dream. I couldn't have done it without them. Awesome. Thank you so much, Taylor, for coming on. I really appreciate it. It was fun getting the chance to talk and meet with you and I wish you nothing but the best with the pride this upcoming year and yeah stay safe yeah thank you too thanks for having me no problem have a great day thanks you too bye want to keep it nice and clean not freak out and cause a scene I try to hold it together keep it together not sure who I really am Just be cute and super bland I try to hold it together Keep it together